Comedy Triage. This is Gene Moore and Ernesto Ortiz. Make some noise. Let me introduce. We are so glad to be here. And tonight's today's show is going to be recorded on the uh, today's show is going to be recorded on a podcast. And so we're going to show you how it works. So we're one. Let me just say we are so glad that you are here. How this workshop works is you'll get up here and you'll do five minutes. And then the judges will critique. And it's not in a way to leave you feeling this room, leaving this room feeling less, but always more. They'll like move a tag or say, maybe do this, or how you can improve that. Or maybe you're t doing something that is incredibly sexist or racist, and they'll point it out. So it is, this is a, which is mostly for me. Uh, I seem to be having a problem. I'm just waiting for the Me Too movement to hit the gays. I'm in big trouble. I've been flirting a lot. So uh, uh, we're going to do the show. And then here's the thing. Uh, the judges will critique you on that. And then as they're critiquing, what we ask is, is that the other comics just listen and not talk or interrupt because we're doing this to kind of learn from each other. Again, the purpose of this workshop is to leave you feeling more, not less. And uh, I would like to introduce my partner in crime, Mr. Ernesto Ortiz. Say a few words, Ernesto. Welcome, 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 everyone. And like Jean said, this is a this is a safe space. So, uh, so say what you want. All right, we ready? I want to say though, before we start the show, uh, Ernesto Ortiz saved my life today. Thank God, I almost almost died today, Ernesto. Yeah. I was walking in the street and a car was coming and he yelled out, "Stop, Queen! Save the day! Yeah. Save the day!" Thank you so much. So we're with no further ado, we're gonna have Ernesto come up here and do a set and then the judges are going to critique him and read him the filth. No, we're not gonna do that. So all right, you guys read him to death. Read him to death. So what we do ask though is you keep the table talk down. We just wanna be able to entertain each other and do this well. So if you could do that with no further uh, yes. And turn down the air. The music. Is there music playing, Tony? I don't hear it. There is? I need to get my, there is. Brandon, hey Brandon, can you turn the music? Yeah, that Brandon is so cute, Tony. Oh, he's on it, okay, he is. For the viewers at home that cannot see Brandon, he is amazing looking, and so you should just be thankful that he's here with us. So thank you for being so hot, Brandon. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna get sued for the. All right, here guys, Ernesto Ortiz doing some new material. Here we go, Ernesto. Thank you, Gene Moore, thank you. Thank you very much. You guys, um, I'm a little self-conscious right now because I, uh, uh, I've been growing this mustache out, right? Yeah, and uh, I thought I looked pretty cute. I was trying to do a Freddie Mercury look, right? And I asked my dad, how do I look? And he's like, you look stupid, man. You look like a, look like a gay Mario brother. <laughs> a gay Mario brother? <laughs> Imagine if that, that, that game was gay. Yes, I would live for that game, shit. Yeah, I would. I jump on the mushroom, it gets bigger. <laughs> I'm the princess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flagstaff is beautiful. I love it. Well, you know, Gene and I were actually uh, walking around town because we heard that this, uh, th there's a lot of haunted places in the city, and I love ghosts, and, and the two of us were looking for ghosts. It's kind of funny. We were like the, the homo hunters or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know what I was realizing looking at these ghosts is, uh, or looking for these ghosts is if we run into one, they wouldn't look like us. Right? Yeah. It's always like a little girl in like an old-timey dress. They wouldn't look like us. Uh, so that's why I can't wait to die. So I can haunt the shit out of people. Yeah. And you would know it's me because it would be like a, a floating mustache with a bad attitude. Yeah. 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 
And you know when like the ghost hunters come in, they do that, that staticky thingy, the EVP, right? You would know it's me because I, all you would hear back is, yes, yes, you're ugly, you're fat. <laughs> I forgot the rest of that. Oh gosh, okay, uh, oh, one more joke, one more joke. Um, uh, let's see here, I grew up in a, a rough side of town, I did, I grew up in a rough side of town and, uh, and my mom used to worry about me so much. Yeah, not, not so much about me getting hurt or beat up because I'm gay. She worried about me getting into trouble. Yeah, yeah. She used to tell me, Ernesto, you better not be gangbanging. <laughs> oh my God, mom. <laughs> then I thought, oh shit, she saw that video. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Ernesto Ortiz. Thank you. Please stay right there, Ernesto Ortiz. And let me introduce your judges. You guys, it is Lisa Landry. Make some noise for Lisa. We all love her. Tony Tripoli, there he is, Tony Tripoli. Christopher Royer, there he is, say hello to Christopher. And Mike Paramore, do I have Paramore, did I say it right? And make, come on, make some noise for Mike. Thank you. So let's start with Lisa first. Lisa, go ahead. What, do I, I critique Ernesto? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was great, but I don't think you should punch down on ghosts because they're not here and they're marginalized. <laughs> I'm very offended and I'm gonna start writing a fucking campaign. Um, no, that was great. I, I really enjoyed your um, spontaneity, especially. It was fantastic. Thank you. Okay, it's me, Tony Tripoli. I'll go next. Um, I Okay, here's my idea. So, we're friends, so I can be like super like, shorthand with you. I think the first, I hate when comics start by asking the audience a question. I think it's a cheap like interaction device. Okay, I think that's what you should do. I think you should go, so what do you think of the mustache? I think that should literally be the first thing you say and be like, well, and whatever they say, it doesn't matter because your response is going to be, no, I love it. I, I'm into it. It's new. I think, to me, I look like Freddie Mercury. Of course, to you, I probably look like a gay Mario brother. And then you can shit on yourself because those are all super, super good jokes. I just think that you'll, it's more of an attention getter if, if the first thing you say is, so what do you think of the mustache? Try it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, the goat, I, I am totally... Uh, I think it's totally appropriate to make fun of ghosts, so I differ with my friend Lisa here. <laughs> I think ghosts and babies are the last groups we're allowed to hate openly, so I celebrate that. I would like the yes to be more of a yes so the straight people understand that it wasn't just yes. I, I think you need to yes more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I think it, I just, I feel like that's such a great idea, but you can like, you need to be way more homophobic in the way that you do the gay ghost voice. <laughs> um, and then also, I would love you to ratchet up your mom voice. Because when you go, hey, Ernesto, I, like, I would love to make fun of people with accents, and I'm not allowed to anymore. So you can, because it's your own mother. So again, you know, think Margaret Cho. Like, your mom saying shit to you could be a major chunk in your act. So. Give her something else to say and then end with, and by the way, Smiho, you better not be gang-banging, like, because that's so funny. The end, I love you. <laughs> Christopher Roy. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to be very repetitious today with everybody, so it'll be great to start with you. I've been, you know, fascinated by this workshop that I did where we kind of ask four questions about a joke, um, which is, one, what's the point of the joke? Which I think is a great place to start with any joke. So the, wh what's the point of the mustache joke? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way it is. And so, um, but then the joke turns to where you're haunting people, insulting them, and uh, you could do something different. Like if you really stick with that, so that's what's the point of the joke, and then why is it funny? Uh, why does it matter to you, and why should the audience care? Um, and so if the point of the joke, so we kind of switch from like, oh, you're making fun of you, like you said, you tie it together, like, oh, I'm this. So if the, that's the point, like almost drive that home where you're like, I want this mustache to be, I'm riding this thing out to the point where, till I die, to where when I'm a ghost and I haunt you, it's the only thing you'll even see is this floating mustache. Like really go after, like drive home the, the point is that this is, you're not giving this thing up no matter what anyone says, and then you go from there. And then the gangbanging joke is funny, but you're and you're so great with the turn of phrase and uh, like when you do the 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 teabagging for you know and all the other jokes that you do where you do very good puns and turn of phrase. I would love to see you incorporate even more with the gangbanging. Like, okay, what are other things that people would do to get in trouble in that neighborhood? Would they steal um, rims? Would she would she accuse you of rimming? Like, like what other like you know what I mean? Like you could go and take other gang affiliated terms and, and keep going. Cause it's cause it's a, cause it's a funny joke, yeah. And do keep going. I love that. Can this one stretch? Get on the mic, Mike. Um, I would just kind of echo a lot of the stuff that Tony said. He kind of stole all my answers. Um, I, w I would only, I would just add that I like self-deprecating jokes, but I feel personally that you should command the stage first, and because if you open up with you know, I'm ugly or I'm, I'm this or I'm that, that gives the control to the audience to judge you at that point. But you wanna, you wanna command that stage first and then go to it. So like he said, open up with, um, I, the, the mustache is a choice, okay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just let them know that I am choosing this. This is my situation. And then you can clown it after you take control of it. Uh, um, uh, thank you very much, Tony, I like it. Uh, <laughs> also, um, your punchlines are dope but you gloss over them a little bit. Hit them harder, that's all I would say. Thank you. Good job. Which one is it? Is it this one here? This one, this one, okay. Thank you, okay, let's keep it going. All right, keep it going for Ernesto Ortiz, everybody, thank you. Let's keep this show going, we only have a limited bit of time. Let's get Derek McFarlane up. Derek McFarlane, you love him. Here he is. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm dating a Latina girl right now, which is uh, pretty awesome, because uh, if we ever get in an argument, all I have to do is lick my thumb and wipe off one of her eyebrows. <laughs> argument over. Then it's a full-fledged fight with a knife. It's crazy. Her family's uh, very cultured. I went over to her dad's house to have dinner one night, and I made her a plate of food, and everybody kind of freaked out for a minute. And she goes, what are you doing? You're embarrassing me. You're not supposed to serve me. I'm supposed to serve you. And I go, oh shit. Wait until they find out that I let you spit in my mouth. But <laughs> it's really gonna be weird. I don't know, man, I've just, uh, I've gotten into drugs. Uh, I've been experimenting with drugs more since I turned 30, which is, I think it's a good age to really get into drugs, you know? It's just a good prime number. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just the cool stuff, LSD, mushrooms, cool stuff like that. I told my therapist about it, and she was really concerned. She goes, Derek, when you do drugs, what are your goals when you do drugs? And I'm like, yeah, because that's why I do drugs. <laughs> because I have goals. <laughs> I don't know, what are my goals? First, uh, first short-term goal, top of the list, get high, for sure. Want to hit that one real hard? 
After that, maybe start a small business. Who knows, you know? <laughs> the possibilities are two. Um, <laughs> I, love, uh, I love dating older women, like 80, 90. That's my demographic. It's like I always say, if they don't have dentures, it's not a real adventure. <laughs> it's my thing that I say. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people ask me, what's the oldest woman you've ever dated? Uh, the answer is 63. Uh, it's the oldest woman I've ever slept with. Um, I never really get a lot of applause on that part. It's usually pretty quiet. Nobody's ever rooting me on, you know? Uh, but it was pretty awesome. I did, you know, I enjoyed it. Top three, I gotta say, top three all time out of all the three times that I've had sex, top three for sure. Uh, I had a sugar mama. She didn't buy me anything, she just had diabetes. <laughs> She's my type two sugar mama, you know? <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a little bit awkward though because of the age gap. There was, uh, like her verbiage was different than mine, so she would say weird things that I didn't understand. Like the first night we go back to my place, she's like, all right, now take off those britches. <laughs> take off those britches, let me see that pecker, come on now. <laughs> Get over here and eat this whisker biscuits. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> It's crazy, man. It was crazy. We tried a bunch of weird, crazy sexual positions. I don't even know how we got the walker in the bed. It was nuts. We're just throwing that shit all around my room, putting holes in all my walls. The tennis balls did nothing. I was choking her with her life alert. Ah, ah, ah. Anytime I get tired, I just reach over, take a hit off the oxygen tank. Woo! Back in the game. Let's do this. It was awesome, though. I know she liked me. I know it was good because afterwards she crocheted me a bookmark. Oh my God. <laughs> 100% true. I have the bookmark. Oh. Cool. Thank you guys so much for letting me get up here. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Stay right there. Derek McFarlane. All right, Lisa. Completely wildly, hysterically inappropriate. That was fantastic. Thank you. That was so great, Derek. I, I think maybe the first thing you say could be, oh, I can tell what you're all thinking. That guy is dating a Latina woman. Yeah. Like, I feel like you can get more mileage out of the fact that you don't look like the person that would have that girlfriend. <laughs> um, and um, I think after the spit in my mouth, yeah. Joe, I think you're gonna get an audience response, so you need to have a tag ready. Yeah. You know, something a lot like, well, that's not even the grossest thing we do. What do you mean? Like, or, like, spit in my mouth is such a line designed to get an audience response that I feel like then you need to have a couple things ready based on the audience's response. Yeah, I've been stuck on that one for a uh, while, yeah. which is why I wanted to throw, right. throw well, it we'll in there. Well, we'll think on it. Well, the yeah. group will think on it, and everyone give them a tag if it came to you. But I yeah. was like, ah, oh, that's, that's where the tag is, and then I don't yeah. know what it is. I've, I, agree. Um, I think when you say, I've dated a lot of women in their 80s and 90s, we all know you're lying. <laughs> and it would be better to say, my fantasy yeah. is to date a woman like in her 80s or 90s. Because yeah. I've always believed if she doesn't have adventures, it's not an event. Like, right? Because... I just don't believe you have. And then, but cause then when you go, although the oldest woman I did date was 63, yeah. that gives that so much more power because you've led into it with this fantasy of dating a super old woman. Mm -hmm. um, that whole chunk is so, so funny. My type two diabetes sugar mama. 
Like, yeah, she pays for everything. I don't mind the missing foot. Like, <laughs> defend how hot she is. I, I, like, there's, it's so funny. It's so funny. And the funniest thing in the entire act is the only thing that's not dirty, which was crocheted bookmark. <laughs> that is such a genius reference. It's, it's so true. great. Oh, I it's know. I it's was so gonna, great. I actually wanted to bring the bookmark on stage. Like, I don't think it, it would like, be hacky if you did. I yeah. think that when you get a huge response on it, if you whipped it out of your back pocket and was yeah. like, boom, there it is. Yeah. And like, mic drop it. It's I like think a you badge get a huge, for my yeah. dick, you know. It's exactly. <laughs> Terrific job. <laughs> Hi, Derek. Hi. Um, the, yeah, so going back to the spitting in your mouth joke, I think one of the reasons it hit my ear wrong is because she's not supposed to be serving you yet. Or no, she is supposed to be serving you. So then you want to say something, well, wait till they find out, and then it would be something that was very much you serving her would be the, what, that was what would shatter that picture is you serving her is what they don't like. So you'd almost have to have something in between and then ramp up to that to where you are serving her in, in, in other ways, whether it be sexually or any other way. I think maybe something <laughs> sneaking in between. Speaking of in between, the same thing with the drugs and the goals. I like that. Um, and, that and I know that joke's new and it's getting formed. And then you say, well, my first goal is to get high. And then you say start a small uh, business. But I would say really layer in a couple of things that you would do once you're on shrooms or once you're on LSD, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the last, I mean, because you all know when I did LSD with Derek, I ended up riding um, a panther uh, <laughs> naked through the jungle at top speed, or at least in my mind I did. So, um, you know what I mean? Like put in some of the other drug references of things that would like possibly happen. And then when you go, and then, you know, maybe start a small business. Like now yeah. you've reversed course <laughs> after some you've outlandish. gone all the way up this mountain and then like back down to safe okay. and then all i will say about the older woman joke uh, other than i love it is i love the act outs uh you're very good with the act outs and Thanks. they really make the joke come alive thank you sweet um my favorite part is that you you paint you kind of paint a story when you do your set um it, it's 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 semi-linear and i and i like that I, I don't think it has the proper beginning though, because you are like, you have to figure, like your stage presence is very adorable <laughs> and slightly creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, if you, you write some jokes that are adorable, yeah. and everything after that is gonna hit that much harder, because the shock that you paint will be shocking and it won't just be nasty. Yeah. Because I'm, a, Tony had a good point about tagging the, the spit in your mouth line. Yeah. I don't think you should tag it though. I think you should have something adorable in front of it. Then it would hit hard when it's, you know, it's now I like you and you're silly and funny and nasty and, you know, deplorable. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's, I, I like the linear, the nature of that set, but I think you need some adorable jokes up front mm -hmm. and some creepy jokes then everything you just said, and I feel like that set would be a monster. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Give it up for the adorable and creepy Derek McFarlane. Yeah. All right, our next comic is Amanda Cohen. Yeah. Yay! Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, Flagstaff. Uh, 
I love Arizona, and I just broke the show. Let me just put that back here. Uh, I love Arizona. I usually drive uh, from L.A. to Phoenix, and that is a beautiful drive because of all the beautiful saguaro cactuses, which are fantastic for, like, the first 200 miles. After that, it just looks like they're all giving you the finger. <laughs> Fuck you, cactus. Cacti? Cactopus. I don't know. Anyway. Whenever I get out of L.A., I, you know, we're in a massive drought in SoCal, so whenever I leave, I make sure to bring back at least one bottle of water because I'm helping. I also don't pee on the road. Never. I wait till I get home. I hold it till they need it. Go directly to the L.A. River. Let her rip. <laughs> of course, it hits the cement and evaporates, but I'm part of the solution. Um, loving the hotel we're in. I have stayed in some horrifying places on the road. The last place I stayed at uh, was in, happened to be in Phoenix, oddly enough. 111 degrees out, and the AC didn't work. Yeah, so they sent up a guy to look at it while holding a wrench. Oddly, that did not fix it. So they moved me to another room where there was no cold water. It was literally just hot water, both taps. And I didn't have time to call the front desk so they could like send up Jose with the wrench. I'm not being, I'm not being racist. His name was Jose, okay? If anyone's being racist, it's Jose for having such an obvious name. That's not on me. That's not on me. Uh, I stayed in a place once where I should have known when they handed me my towels when I checked in, you know, like prison style. This is not going to be good. What I also miss is there was a sign in the window at the lobby that said, no drugs, no hookers. And if they have that sign, they for sure have drugs and hookers. And I know that they knew it was a problem, and somebody said, we got to do something about these drugs and hookers. And the other one said, give me a pencil. I'm going to make a sign and underline it, because it's serious. No drugs, no hookers. You do not see drugs and hookers at the embassy suites, you guys. There's no drug. We, we have uh, third wives and Oxycontin. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. So uh, I know that uh, not all men are abusers, and not all abusers are men. But there's no such thing as a shirt called a husband beater. Okay, we just haven't been caught enough in the same shirt to give it a name. That's all. I don't know what that would look like. Maybe like uh, namaste all day. I don't know. One of those fun things. I just, uh, that's just an idle thought. I'm single, okay? I wonder about these things. And uh, people are telling me now I'm supposed to lower my standards. Uh, that's not how it works. You don't lower your standards as you get older. You raise your standards as you get lower because every person you break up with is a new thing that you will not put up with. It just adds to your list. At this point, I got about 84 things on my list. It started with a dude named Jerry who uh, lived in the next town. So when we were dating, it was like, you know, he was a million miles away. He would write me letters like on paper. And the last one he sent me, he said, let's go to a movie 
and make it a boring one and you wear no bra. Yeah, and then he drew a little picture of a bra in case I didn't know what he was talking about. You guys, my first boyfriend invented emojis. Yeah. Okay, that's the big closer. Thank you so much for your time. Keep it going for Amanda, everybody. And because I'm an idiot, I forgot Geneva all the way from Louisiana as a judge. Make some noise. We're going to start you out first. Uh, we'll get you some paper and pen. But here, can you uh, share that mic right there? And then we'll capture it right here. She's got a Geneva pen, some merchandise. Don't try to smooth the judges, Amanda. Okay. I love how you wear short skirts, and I just see the cooch and everything. Thank you, Jesus. No, I got Thank too much you. thigh fat for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a good set. Like, you, uh, who am I to tell Amanda anything? Oh, but I thought it was a good set. You could, like, maybe punch harder on some of it. I like that emoji thing. I think maybe you can lean into that more. Like, I know he just drew the bra, but maybe have him draw a few more things and kind of do like a whole, like how great he is and then bring it down type situation. You know what I mean? Like, he, but he wasn't like the apple. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. lean into the emoji thing and then bring it around. Yeah. I gotta learn more yeah. yeah. Almost like you kids don't, y'all didn't invent anything, you know, that type of thing. What, what was I, it? Uh, That's the eggplant tag, thank you. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, all right, so th very funny. I wonder, um, when you say we don't have drugs and hookers at the embassy suites, maybe, but what we do have is, it was, was Oxycontin and... Third wives. And yeah, third wives and Oxycontin. I think that, maybe that, maybe rhythmically, it'll just, if you, but what we do have, you might, yeah, I think you can get some mileage off that. I love the giving the towels at check-in, and I'm wondering if you're like, I'm like, wait, what? No, no rubber shower sandals and a maxi pad. Like, lean into prison. Okay. Turns out that wasn't a maxi pad. That was the pillow. It was a shitty hotel. Like, I think you can. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think at that point it's so absurd. Go to go to a goofy place with it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, the emoji thing. Maybe if, the, maybe if the punch isn't you guys he invented, maybe it was like, oh my God, I need, are there any millennials here? Did my first boyfriend invent emojis? Oh my God, is there money in that, kids? Should I have stayed with that asshole? Like, I, you know what I mean? I think you can get some funniness out of setting up this jerk boyfriend that you used to have, and then the turn is, oh my God, he, he's probably rich from emoji money. I wish I had stayed with him. There you go. Everybody? Um, mine are more just sort of random thoughts because I like the I like the, the the avenues you go down and like um, Tony said the prison aspect that yeah I mean, they hand you the towels and a shiv you know something like that like like you said just lean into it more couldn't agree more I love the idea of messing with the sign no drugs no hookers like just put exclamation points at, after each one make it a declaration no drugs no hookers look we did it or maybe like one of those signs like workplace accidents like we've gone this many days without drugs or hookers. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just kind of that's just where my mind went so I just like that I like that they put the sign up for like plausible deniability like look we said no drugs or hookers if they can't read we don't know what to do um, and then um, uh, I'll leave it there
Although I do think it's weird that he drew a picture of the bra and not the boobs, because the bra is the thing right. he wanted you not to bring. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you think he would have put the... Oh, well. He was 13. Oh, okay. I also was 13, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you are a great storyteller. I think you are a great storyteller, um, but you have to add the payoff at the end. You're, you're lacking the payoff at the end. It may help you to write backwards. Start with a punchline, start with the line that you want everybody to laugh at, and then create your story, and, and then punch with that line. Um, or you have the perfect cadence for analogies. You should have a lot more analogies in your set. I think that people would love to hear you use analogies in your stories. You know, I'm, I'm gonna agree with Mike completely. I, I feel like you're a very intelligent person who's very compassionate and pissed about a lot of shit. Like you got that SJ, the social justice warrior thing happening like immensely, but put the punchlines in there too. So we can enjoy, so we can enjoy what you wanna share with us. Analogies would be great because you're intelligent and bring the audience into what you want to share with them, but make it, make it as funny as you can too, because you got that in you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. We want to laugh with you. We're pissed off about shit too, yeah. but why is it funny to you right. specifically? Let us into this your This is ride. very new stuff, so. Yeah, it's great, it's That's great, good. it's got potential. And, and real quick, can I tag on what Tony was saying about leaning into the prison thing? Maybe like a, he handed me my towels, but he took my shoelaces or he took my belt. Like, like one of those. Yeah. He took my sharps. <laughs> Some of you know. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, judges. Thank you, Amanda Cohn. That is perfect. It is so vulnerable. This is a lie. All right. Sorry. All right. Let's keep it going with John Fletcher. There he is. John Fletcher. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Gene. There we go. Uh, what's going on, guys? All right. Uh, I just moved into my own apartment recently. It's like anybody else living in an apartment? No? All right, cool. It's just me. Fuck you. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's my first time living around kids. You know, like close proximity for the first time in a couple of years. It's like some of you already know where I'm going with this. Like 4 o'clock every day, just one kid outside. <laughs> just having fun. Just doing what kids do, right? I forgot the lingo. I forgot how to be a kid. Like, it just sounds like static to me now. Like, I can hear words, but it's like the Peanuts gang. It's like, wah, 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 right? They're trying to figure out the rules for the game. He's supposed to be inside the box. He's not inside the box. She touched his leg. There's a kid picking a booger over in the corner. That kid's still over there. <laughs> Probably doing drugs. Probably doing my drugs. That explains this look. <laughs> but uh, I did what every responsible adult should do on New Year's. Speaking of drugs, I took a handful of mushrooms at 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. 12 o'clock rolls around. Everything's got that nice purple hue on it. <laughs> but we went out to Denny's. Because what else are you going to do when, you go, when you're on drugs, right? There's only two things Denny's is good for. It's going there for the super burden when you're on drugs. <laughs> but uh, now we're sitting there, and I'm just starting to feel it. Like, my fingertips just start, like, tingling a little bit. And then three Korean women walk in with an out-of-tune guitar singing Christmas carols looking for donations walk right up to the table. The dude in the booth in front of me, he's having a conversation with a woman. She's saying to him, you left me alone in the apartment with a newborn for nine months. Yeah, I'm sitting there with this face. <laughs> I wish this wouldn't happen right now. I wish I was literally anywhere else. <laughs> Give me the keys, I'm gonna go sit in the car and look at lights for 20 minutes. You ever look at lights for 20 minutes? 
You want to go to Denny's? We're already at Denny's. Did you see this light? <laughs> so, sometimes when you do drugs around new people, you got to kind of explain what's going on in the moment. They might not know how you roll or trip, you know? So you got to go, nope, nope, this is normal. Nope, nope, I'm good. All right, no, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to lay down here on the floor for a minute. Oh, let my trip flow. Oh, $50 a bag. Oh, that kid's still outside screaming. All right. You know what it's like to do mushrooms and become part of the floor? It's totally worth it, I'm telling you. I know a guy. They're all here at the festival. <laughs> all right, let's see. Oh, let me tell you one more thing about this kid. It's uh, like, there's this one kid in particular. He's just every day, he's outside of my apartment. Like I just ripped a fat dab. Like I'm feeling great. Like I smoke weed, people can probably tell. <laughs> but no, I just ripped a fat dab and he comes out around the corner, looks at me, he's like, hey, did you see a kid with a Nerf, uh, Nerf gun walk around the corner? And I was like, I do not want to deal with this. I was like, yeah, he went that way. <laughs> The only thing that would have made that better is if the other kid came around the corner and I just point him in the other direction. Yeah, he's, uh, he went that way. It's like I sent him to both sides of the neighborhood. <laughs> all right, that's my time. Those are all the one jokes I want to talk All right, thank you, John Fletcher. We'll start with Lisa. Um, I love your commitment to callbacks. I think that's rad. No, like that's a lost art, and I respect that. And I do feel like there's a lot more going on with you that it's not being written about. You're more just going for punchlines about being fucked up, which I appreciate because I like to party. But uh, I just feel like there's more to you that's not being shared, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. And there's like a lot there that would be real interesting if maybe um, you'd be willing to explore why you can't stand these fucking kids and why you want to be high at Denny's. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. I think that's a really great note because I've only, I think I've only ever seen you do one set before. And it's true. I, f I feel like that's true. I feel like I don't know anything about you. After, do you know what I mean? And I want to know, I want a, a comic to get off stage and I want to feel like I knew I learned something. About, you know what I mean? Especially when uh, it's a comic who, you know what I mean, we, you and I, by looks, people wouldn't go, oh, these two are going to be best friends. You know what I mean? Like, we, I just, I imagine you have a life that's so interesting to me and so different. I want to hear about it. That's what I'm getting at. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, I, so the thing, when, when the point of a comic's joke is a scream, that... I, but I'm trying to think of what's the other thing that kids do instead of that scream, and I can't think of what I want to like suggest as a as an alternative because that is they get so, in your face. If they're I, not I screaming, if, like, they're in your playing, face. Remember that? I think if you make it, if you build up the game, he's playing that game. We all played that game. You know, every day at four o'clock, he's out there playing that game. I hate that. You know the game. Ah, that game. Yeah. Like maybe if you if you. Before you get to the scream, if you build it up differently, it'll have more of a payoff that we all go, light bulb. Oh, that's right. When you're a kid, just standing in the corner screaming is a game. 
and break down. Remember, you remember the rules? That was a very complicated game. It was like our, you know, chess. Like it was, it was pre-Minecraft. We had screen, you know what I mean? And go through what the rules were. I think you can really fatten that up. So it's not about the scream getting the laugh. It's about what you've built around it. Um, and then other than that, I just think that um, I like when a comic tells the room they're wrong and here's why. So when you give us, you're on mushrooms and you went to Denny's to judge you for, and everyone's like, oh, what a loser. Uh, go, go, oh, and I know you're all like, oh, what a loser, going to Denny's, going on shrooms. Uh, you've all been to Denny's, you've all had the Superbird. How good was it? It's good, right? Well, fuck you, because when you are high on shrooms, it is the most delicious thing you've ever, I think you can buy it back by showing us how wrong we were to judge you for Denny's and lay into how it was literally the greatest thing you've ever eaten. I, I try to write the way that you think, and I'm severely unsuccessful at it. I am a fan of that, that kind of rapid tag writing. Um, what I think would help, though, is you need to have brilliant setups. You can't just say who lives in an apartment and then go on a rant of tags. You have to have a brilliant setup to tell people why they're laughing at what you're about to say. To me, it's two, it's two ways to write a joke. Traditional uh, setup meet punchline, or you can um, tell people why, you're a, why they're about to laugh at what you're about to say and then tag, and then just, you know, tags. I like, I love, that's my favorite, that's my favorite. I wish I could do it better, but I'm a natural storyteller. But if you come up with some really dope ass setups, that will also organize that rant. Cause then you'll, you'll have no choice but to follow the setup. And then those rants will make sense and people will be able to follow it. Because it was funny, but I was having a hard time following it, to be honest. So if you come up with some really dope-ass setups to those, to those rants, you, you, it's, it's, yeah. it's gonna be, you're going to be a monster. Hi, John. OK, so I've seen you perform many times at Third Space and stuff. And you're usually, uh, yeah, you're sharp. So I know this is new stuff. So you know where I, I know where you're coming from. Um, so I'll give you uh, a couple quick things like, like uh, so uh, he's kind of talking about um, very similar to what I was saying, the four questions. What's the point of the joke? Right. Why is it funny? Um, why do you care? Why should we care? And so when you go, what's the point of the joke? Well, the first joke, it started off, well, I moved into an apartment here. Who else lives in an apartment? I think the point of the joke is apartments. I have to shift gears in my head mentally as an audience member to the fact that the point is actually that you don't really like children, and now you've thrust into a world of being around them. You could almost save words by just saying that, because you know, the apartment wasn't the point, and I had to, oh, okay, that wasn't the point. And so you could just, like, for example, I moved into an apartment complex or I don't like children, I don't like being around children, and I recently moved into an apartment complex with a lot of children. N now we've gotten past, okay, now I know what the point of the joke is and why you're in this situation, and then like Tony said, and then you can get into this kid and he's screaming and what's the rules, or why is he screaming and make up stuff because you're high, now you can come up with reasons why a person screaming is high. I love the mushrooms at Denny's, I love the fact that you may or may not have seen three Korean women singing Christmas carols with a guitar because you're on mushrooms, so don't put that on me to believe it because I don't know that you know what you were seeing, so that's to me kind of funny. <laughs> 
and like everything that's going on around you. Were you on the floor of Denny's? Because that's disgusting. And if you were, just roll with that because everything about that is disgusting um, and people would be stepping over you and all that um, things. Um, yes. What, what if when you're high at Denny's, you don't know if the Korean, maybe the Korean women turn into dragons or something and you scream and then you realize the point of the game. That kid was on truth. Oh my God, that's what's so fun about this game. Now I get it. That kid's a genius. I feel like you can totally, since you are such a tag master, I think you can put such a fucking bow on it. Oh, yeah, that's it for me. So yeah, just very much just get to the, yeah, like he said, your, your, your style is good enough, I think, where you can just state that point of that joke. Like, ask yourself after, after when you're writing every joke, what's the point I'm getting at? And then try that as the first line of the joke. Like you said, because you're basically telling people, the way Mike said that, that was a really good way of putting it. I'm about to tell you why you're going to laugh. Thank you. Uh, oh, I keep forgetting you, my love. No, you go, my love. My love, I, I adore you. You go, good shit. Okay, so now, um, maybe you can play with the child screaming, because I hate that too. I, I live around kids and the scream, and play around with the kind of idea of, what are these new kids screaming about? Like back in our day, like some people were snatching kids or like there was John Wayne Gacy. Like, like kind of play like, what are you screaming about now? You hit the wrong emoji, like something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you find a peanut? Like some, like kind of like play on these bitchy ass kids. That's kind of, sorry. I want to. I want to say uh, first, Mike. You are new to the panel, but you get it. God, that is so good. All your guys' advice is, is exceptional. But this is exactly what this is for. And so I want to ask because we are podcasting this, so it is a show as well. Um, Lisa said something, and it was very vulnerable right here. Like she's like, "There's more." How do you feel about that? Are you processing what she said, or is that okay? It's hard. It's hard. So, because it is, because I see you around too. And I, and how many years have you been doing comedy now? Two and a half years. So, two and a half years, this is where you are at, two and a half years, right? I mean, you're trying to find where you are. I notice sometimes when I see you, I never give advice, but I always look at you and I, I know you personally and you're so loving, but when your comedy is a little angry. So, you know what I mean? I don't... So, obviously, he's looking That's for... That's because he's loving. He's pissed off at all the bullshit. <laughs> he is. That's what it is. It, it is. Yeah. It is. You're pissed off. Is that what it is? You're a man. Who are you as a man? Who are you? No, as a man, who are you? Just, besides being white, who are you as a man? Who are you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he's got to figure it out. I mean, that's a hard question if you ask me who I am. I don't know. Do you, Tony, who are you? Do you know who you are? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I have a website, Gene. I have a website, so I know. How I to have work. a website. If I forget who I am, I just go to my website. I have bookers. I have people to remind me who I am. You know what I mean? I know. I know. When you get in the Uber, there you are, Mr. Tripoli. Okay. Thank you so much. You feel good. Thank you. I love it. Keep it going. Ernesto, we'll trade spots. All right. I'm going to say your last name wrong, but uh, Ponciano? So I've been, uh, I've been doing comedy for almost two years now. And yeah, woo, I got one, woo, I'm proud of that one. Um, I earned it too. 
so out of uh, these two years, I feel like I've been developing some superhuman powers. Like legitimately superhuman powers. Like I know what every person in this room staring at me right now is thinking. You're thinking, Genghis Khan met Chichen Chong. I'll take it. Those are some great men in history. You know what I, I like the most about that joke is that I'm neither Asian nor Mexican. Right? Which now you're thinking, well, what the fuck are you then? I'm glad you asked. I'm just your friendly neighborhood stoner. The little bit of mushroom sprinkle on top. That's this guy. All right. So I uh, recently caught my teenagers trying to buy some weed. I was like, shit. Well, I guess it's time that we have this conversation. So I was like, guys, you know, have a seat. Um, time to have a serious talk. You know, I'm gonna let you guys know everything that you need to know about buying drugs. It's like, guys, you never buy small. You always come together like family and buy in bulk. <laughs> I, I sense a lot of uncomfortness here. Um, just rest assured, rest easy. You can sleep tonight knowing that I'm available for kids' parties. <laughs> Changing the world, one teenager at a time. Did you guys ever notice that um, vegans are like the Christians of the food chain? You know, like once they had the taste or whatever that is, like they just can't shut the fuck up about how much of a better person they are now because what they do, right? And last time I was hearing this conversation between vegans, and I don't know if you guys ever experienced that, but they're very anti-human. I was getting pissed, man. I was getting ready to, you know, get up and, and tell them something. You know, represent Team Human, bitch, what's up? And as I was getting up, I was turning around, I look up and they, they had the TVs on and they had the news playing. And you know, the occurring news going on right now is immigration. And it got me thinking like, huh, you know, as humans, we are the only species that draws these imaginary lines and creates this false hate for no reason. And you know, can you guys imagine the eagle coming, migrating up north for the winter or summer, wherever the fuck they migrate? <laughs> and, and the bald eagle stopping them like, uh-uh, not my airspace. Or how about the dolphins? The dolphins are migrating to another part of the ocean and the orcas like, uh-uh, we don't like your kind around here, boy. And I guess I'm starting to agree with vegans. That's the whole point. All right, guys, my name's Ponciano. Thank you guys for your time. Hi, how are you? Um, when you did your intro about just starting comedy for two years, and then you went into the what are you, you could just cut that all out. You can go right into the 
what do you think I am? Because that's strong enough on its own. You know, and like one thing I've noticed, and I hope I'm not sounding shady saying this, but like when you get around other comics and you date yourself, they check out. So like, like especially if you're at open mics, you're like, so I've only been to, they start talking. Like don't give them the opportunity, go right into it. Um, like is a good thing. I didn't hear the whole punchline. You said something sprinkled in? Oh, I said, uh, I'm just your neighborhood stoner with a little bit of mushroom sprinkled on top. Okay, yeah. Like, you can just go straight to that whole Genghis Khan, Cheech and Chong part. You didn't need that. And I felt like there were other spots in your set, too, where um, your punchlines were strong enough, like your premise was strong enough, that you didn't need as much setup as you did. Like with the, um, with the kids, when you're saying, like, oh, it's time to have this, this conversation about drugs, like, get to that sooner make it sound more serious, and then get right to the don't buy small, buy in bulk. You know what I mean? Like no apes in this house. You know, you know right. like go straight to it, because it was good enough. Like it was really good enough. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Jonathan. How's it going? Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, agree with uh, Geneva. Um, also, um, I would love to know if you want to kick around the idea of what Genghis Khan and Cheech and Chong, uh, what a version of that would do. Like you could, like, I don't know, like what would a stoner version of Genghis Khan do, like, yeah, I guess I am. I do blah, blah, and pillage, and blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, just the thought to go there. And then the other thing I started thinking of it dur um, during your act was, um, s a long ago in comedy, somebody told me that comedy is really about painting a picture for the audience and then destroying that picture, okay? <laughs> you paint a picture, and then we destroy it. And so the better, the more vivid picture you paint, and then the more you destroy it, that's where the bigger laugh comes from. And so when you say, uh, like the teenager's buying weed, and then you say, oh, don't buy, it's great, punchline, but the, if you would have painted the picture of, that they did mention that they were buying a small amount of weed, like, like specific, like, oh, got, got these teenagers trying to buy two grams of weed, like actually put that in to the premise. Now you've painted a clearer picture for me. I know that they were buying a small amount of weed, and now when you destroy that picture, I'm sitting down to talk to them. Okay, you're this guy, you know, and now it's like stronger because you had more specifics up front. And then the, and the same thing with the, with the vegans being like born-again Christians. Um, if, if you actually overheard these vegans having this conversation where they were acting real uppity, but then also did turn to have like an anti-immigration stance, I would mention that because I was left as an audience member wondering like, well, did they say, did they specifically say something? So if you said that, like, oh, and they're, I heard these two vegans and they sound like born-again Christians going on, that's great. I have no problem with that. That's a great analogy. But then go, and, but then can you believe I heard them start to get anti-immigration? Because you just said vegans are anti-human and I was left wondering, are, are they? Why? I didn't, I just didn't know why. But if okay. you paint that picture and say, and then I heard them say this, now the whole rest of the joke, you don't need to change it. It's, it goes right where it needs to go. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I, um, so I think I have the same I, suggestion or maybe the opposite suggestion to Geneva. I'm not actually sure, but I think that the funniest thing in the whole set was the idea of you, first of all, you having teenage kids is already funny to me yeah. because you seem like so like young and like you've painted yourself as this drug like guy, like Mr. Immaturity. The idea of you having like little adults that you're responsible to send out in the world is already hilarious for me. So I'm like all in. And so I think you can ratchet up how disappointed you were. Like, I, you guys, I caught my kids buying a, a little bag of weed. Oh my God. I was devastated right like that was I was like have I failed as a father like that was heartbreaking I had to sit them down I was like you guys you kids are breaking my heart I taught you better than to buy a 
dime bag and that shit is all stems? Who raised you? Like, because then we all were expecting it to be a different thing. And you're, but you're in that same emotion from the beginning of the story. I got my kids buying a dime bag. We, I was like, oh man, it shattered me, you guys. Like, right? I feel like that, we all know what you're gonna do and then you're not, right? Dude, if I taught you one thing, it's in this family, we come together as a family and we buy in bulk. Like, it makes all those punchlines so much funnier when you're like about to cry, like you're passionately broken, like the way all parents are disappointed by their children. I think that you can get a lot of mileage out of that. Um, and then my only other note is, I, I think that you have a, a, such a musical voice that when you pause because you're not sure of the next word, when the when next word isn't right there, it's more obvious with you than with some comics. So, um, you know, whatever, I used to work with Joan Rivers. She had a voice like that, was a very particular voice. And she knew, she, she used to call it getting it in her mouth. And she used to have to get the joke in her mouth so that it would like roll around perfectly. And she literally would just sit there and say these punchlines over and over and over alone in a room. Just And I think you're a repetition comic. I think when you have a set, you have to just say it in the shower, say it when you're combing your beard or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you have to like as you're before you do it so that the flow will be there because your voice is like butter. And so when anytime you think for what that next word is, we way notice it in a way that you wouldn't notice with Christopher or I. So Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I think the rhythm is is huge for you. And also I, I agree completely. Like build the whole thing of you talking to your kids. It's a dime bag. It's a gram. How dare you? You know, we are a family who knows to buy in bulk. You know, it's more that how the fuck can you disrespect and embarrass me? You know what I mean? And also, I want to know your ethnicity because you already told me and the rest of the crowd, which you're not. And I'm sitting here like, what is this motherfucker? Because, yeah, he does look Asian or Mexican. Like, who are you then? What is your ethnicity? Are you Hawaiian? I'm from Guatemala. Okay, you're Guatemalan. So yeah, let us in on that. Like, what is it like to be Guatemalan and mistaken for Asian? That's gotta be a head fuck, right? Nah, nah. I've always been, I've always been mistaken for some else. So it, no, I, I cause but, do people walk I, I up and speak that. to you in a different tongue that you don't understand ever? Does it not happen? No. But it could be funny for your set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know people who are Asian who hear people speaking Spanish to them. And I, I know people yeah. who are black who don't think that other people know that they know Spanish. I think that you, you know? there does feel like there's a joke there that you know white people are racist. They always think that I'm Asian. But here's the newsflash: Asians are just as racist as white people because they think I'm Vietnamese too. Right. Or do you know what I mean? Like I think you can kind of you like can have surprise so much fun us with that. With you can have so much fun. Yeah. And then what is it like to? I I don't know. I, I just had so many questions because you are so interesting. But I feel like uh, a lot was. Maybe you were in your head because of this environment today, but it, it felt like uh, the transitions could have been stronger because there's so much to you. Because the punchlines are great. Yeah, really good though. Yeah, really good. I think the, uh, the challenge for new comics is to be as detailed as possible without wasting words. You um, have a good story to tell, but you have a lot of wasted words, a lot of fat. You gotta cut the fat out of your set and then add in the stuff they were talking about, which was just more detail. I always think about like, if it's not making them laugh or helping me to get to where I'm making them laugh, 
then I don't need to say it. So cut the fat out of your set and concentrate on the punchlines and leading up to them. I think that'd be dope. Awesome, thank you guys, appreciate it. All right, next comic is Johnny Moss. How is everybody? Uh, I almost fell down getting up here. That's what 77-year-olds do. Anyhow, uh, I've got CRS. And uh, for that reason, uh, I got this little helper here. I can't remember shit. And it's, is this in the way? Can you see me right? Uh, already I'm starting. People ask me, why at uh, 75 did you start doing comedy? Why? I'm looking for groupies <laughs> who can cook. And, uh, well, isn't it tough getting up there for the first time? They say, well, kind of like going to a nude beach. It's, you're only, it's only hard for a minute. <laughs> I really do have this problem. I mean, my receding hairline, which is going into cul-de-sac mode, I've got these brown spots up here. And I'm convinced that they're brain farts. And for you millennials out there, I would call that a mental queef. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, as you get older, your body starts to shrink. And I've lost four and a half inches of height. I've lost three inches of length. <laughs> I had to change my name of my uh, junk from Woody to Turtle. Yeah. And all of a sudden now I got foreskin, which is really tough, especially when you try to pee. Standing up, it goes all over the place. So now I've joined the women of the world and I sit down and my balls are basically tea bags, right? The other thing that's been going on there is uh, the three inches. I really haven't lost them. They've actually gone into my balls. And so now I have five inches worth of balls. And instead of having wrinkles on them, I now have stretch marks. Seriously. Anybody want to see? Okay. Maybe I shouldn't go there with that. Anyhow, um, Omaha, Omaha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my shrinking is getting worse. Uh, I recently had a uh, uh, procedure done. I was incontinent for three long years, wearing diapers all the time. I was just up in Seattle. And sure enough, I got stopped by TSA. I had a wet diaper rod. And when I went through the screening device, I guess it's called, it showed, you know, red right in my crotch. So uh, these three guys, each of them, wearing gloves, stuck their hand down to see what was there. And I got really annoyed when the third guy did it. 
I said, do me a favor, bitch. Take your gloves off. I want you to see that it's really wet. Because plastic and liquids set off that alarm. And when you're wearing a Depend and it's wet, it'll take, uh, you know, interesting fact about TSA. Uh, did I tell you I'm 77? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let me uh, end on this. I was talking about, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is terrible. Oh, yeah. So anyhow, uh, I got my plumbing fixed, which is really good because I may be able to get a heart on again. All right? And uh, what this uh, means to me, you know, because I'm just a, I would say I'm not a dirty old man. I'm just a horny old man. Okay? And I'm chasing women all the time. In fact, I can remember the women's names, but you men out there, who the fuck are you? You know? And, uh, but I'm on some pills right now, so once I lose the pills, I'm gonna be able to uh, probably get it up again. But in case I can't, you know, it, my tongue still works. So I'm, so I'm forming this club called, uh, it's gonna be called CKC. That's cuddling, kissing, and cunnilingus, because I could still do that, and I feel I'd be performing a service to women and men. I don't care. Uh, I just want to get back into action and make people feel good. I think that's all my time, right, Gene? Thanks a lot. Keep it going for Johnny, and if you bitches need a stamp licked, he's right here. Okay. Stay here, sir. Stay here. Stay here. I think this is, I'm just going to say something first. I, I think it's a pleasure. I, like Lisa, when she talked, I, I, I just think, you know, at 75 years old, what, what year is that? 1942 that you were born? Yes. Okay. Like, a lot has changed. Like, you should, I would be interested to hear what you could talk about that. Like, how shit has changed. Uh, Lisa, let's start with Lisa. Or okay. did, is that unfair? Okay, were you? okay. okay. Uh, I, I can't read because I don't have my glasses on right now. I wrote down stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> He's got glasses. Um, I, I think it's very courageous of you to start this shit at 75, so much respect. Much respect. I felt like with the TSA, you know, in your diaper, that's extremely vulnerable, and I respect that you were doing that for us, but all I could think is like, okay, they're like stroking this man, which one of these bitches is gonna make him come? Exactly. Like, I, I just thought there could be some stronger punchlines about, like, you know, I'm vulnerable, my pants are off, you're, like, you know, groping me, and who's, who's getting paid to, like, you know, make this monster shake right here in the airport? I mean, I, maybe that's, like, you know, too gross of a joke, but I was waiting for it. And, uh... <laughs> You know what I mean? But uh, I, I love that you did that. And, and your what was the, the name of the thing you started? C, what, C? CKC. CKC, see all available for like bridal parties and PTA meetings, right? Like I, I was just thinking there could be something that you're doing for community outreach with this program that you're doing. I'm still working on that, uh, yeah. you know, premise. Yeah, most men are. But uh, I, I just, I, I think that you had a lot of vulnerability and really great ideas for taking your premises further. And I love the handcuff shit. Right, and just even saying like, this is real. I'm not just doing it for the handicapped parking. Yeah. Maybe. Right. You know. 
Yeah, I, for me, if you're going to wear something on your arm, you have to tell me what it is. Because I know it's like a football, is it like a quarterback yeah, thing? Yeah. Or, yeah, so I just feel like you have this gag that you can be getting mileage out of, about whether you played football and now you're using it again or how comedy is just like football or different or I don't know about fucking football but anyway <laughs> figure something out um but yeah and I think if you do the diaper bit before you do the I'm shrinking the more vulgar stuff I think we'll be ready to go to the vulgar place after you've admitted the diaper th- yeah I just think flipping those two things is going to make a world um, of difference and yeah you, you make sure if you're gonna do a quick joke like it's because you have CRS then it literally has to be always I have CRS can't remember shit you can't say another sentence in between it which you, today because then can't remember shit we don't see the letters CRS to understand it because it's so cute I have a I have to wear this on my arm because I have a, a disease CRS you might even have a call. I don't mean to right. interrupt you, excuse yeah. me, but you might have a callback to the, the other thing you're doing with the CPC. Right. Or the CKC. The problem is right? I can't remember whether it's my CRS or my CKC, so I may, uh, I may you know, l- try to lick your brain or whatever. Um, so, but yeah, and Gene is so right. You've got to, I mean, if you're going to be up there, talk about how just the courage that it takes. Like, here's the thing, you get to 75, you don't give a fuck anymore. Oh my God, when I say I'm dying up here, it could be happening. Like, I, like, you could be the audience. Oh my God, you'd have such a story to tell. Like, like, lean into it, right? Use everything you've got and talk about, like, I don't hate young people because we want, we expect you're going to be the grumpy old man that hates millennials because every comic shits on millennials. Tell me why millennials now are superior to teenagers when you were a teenager 200 years ago. That's fucking, that's what we're not expecting to hear from you. And I think you'll have, you know, tell me what would have been like for you when, if you had had, you know, Tinder or Grindr or these apps that the kids have now. Can you imagine how different it would have been if your generation had that? And just lean into all that shit. You're funny. Thank you. Um, let me see. Just, I'll just I'll be quick. Um, I like that you went Omaha, Omaha. I like that you called an audible and referenced the the thing. I thought that was good. Uh, okay. Um, um, I think I, I agree with Tony about moving the, the TSA joke to the beginning. Um, obviously, I think there's a room in there for a three ounces of liquid joke. Obviously, um, and I think go. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah yeah, <laughs> and I think there could even be a, a room in there for you're like I thought they were gonna put me up on the table and powder me and change me or something like change my ever like fine um uh call on three hours really good oh and then the other thing i just want to say is um uh uh the cuddling thing uh, is a real thing look it up i'm not saying don't do the joke i'm just saying look it up and look into it and see if that helps you add more to it because um you can actually go online and pay people as a service to come and just cuddle with you and so the fact that it already exists, you might want to acknowledge that and even look into it because there aren't even just like one of them. There's like a lot. Like you can definitely do that. You would be comedy coupling. Yeah. Which would be like cuddling and jokes. Yeah, like exactly. Put another C in there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's the one that was eating me. That like take your TSA joke. Like I always get stopped going through because I carry more than three ounces of liquid on me. Like get right in there. Like. Just right in there with that. Um, and like, you don't even have to really go into the grabbing. You can take the grabbing part and go somewhere else with that, because that's great. Um, I, I can't figure out the phrasing for it yet, 
But everybody's like, oh, he has to wear it on his arm to remember shit. Like, there's a joke in there about millennials and their Apple Watches. It's the same thing. Like, you can even make a joke like, you, you all a joke, you all looking at me like I'm crazy. At least well, I just paid $1,400 for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's a lot in there with that. And what's I think what's an Apple Watch? <laughs> it could be, I don't know, pick another fruit. Like, what's an old fruit? This is a prune watch. I don't know. Like, you know, do to something. Me it's prunes, you're yeah. Right. Like, you got something with that, and I think it's hilarious. That's why I had you chili were great. today. You were great. You were great. Very cool. Mike. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have a whole bunch to say, man. I'm just glad you're doing it, man. It's fun to watch you get up there, man. Um, Thank you. Um, you do leave a lot on the table. When you write, don't stop writing. What, that, whatever subject you pick, whatever joke you pick, ring it out until you couldn't possibly think of another angle and then come at it from another angle because that's where the interesting stuff is going to come out and that's where all your years of experience is going to shine through your jokes. So make sure you ring out the topics that you pick because you're picking some good topics. We love them. Plus, you know, it, it's like personal experience. Like it's, it, you have a ring of truth to everything that you say. So ring it out. Just, can, can, just punch it up. Like just talk about it. Just let yourself <laughs> vent. You should write in a recorder. Like, don't even write it down. Mm -hmm. Just like word vomit on a subject into a recorder until you can possibly think of anything right. else to say about it. Well, everything you guys have said are being recorded right now for me on my yeah. phone. So, Good. you know, again, I can't remember shit. You know. <laughs> you know what though? Like, you're an authority. At the same time, you can't remember fuck all. You're still an authority because you got yeah. almost 80 decades on this planet. So yeah, I know. Us, I know. Eighty years of handshakes, you know. <laughs> but let us feel that too, you know. Okay. Keep it going for Johnny Moss, everybody. Did, Christopher Royer, did I get you or did I leave you off? Did I get you? Did I get everybody? Okay, I'm sorry. Here you go. Here you go. No, you. Oh, you want to go this way? You want? Okay. All right. One more time for Johnny. There he is. There he is. I love it. I love it. And we're down to our last comedian, you guys. Make some noise right now for Stan Chen. There he is, Stan Chen. Thank you, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun um, once I get the cord untangled. Okay. Oh, are you guys having as much fun as I am up here in Flagstaff? Huh? Oh, I love it here. Here's one thing totally unexpected that I love here in Flagstaff. Incredibly attractive homeless people. Like, have you seen these people? Like the masculine beard, the sun-kissed skin, the flannel with the six-pack. Like, they just came off the trailhead. It looks like a model shoot for Bat Patagonia. It's like amazing. Like, I've like checked out like six of these guys in my rearview mirror. Like, I am heterosexual at sea level. So. <laughs> Tinder in LA, Grinder in Denver. So, like, I wouldn't even know that they were homeless if it was not for their I've seen too much expression on their dog's face. I love dogs, all right? And it's not just when I eat in. So, um, 
I do. I love dogs. I feel the most pity for homeless people's dogs. Like, they have this constant fuck me look on their face. Like, I have a master, but I still need to be rescued. <laughs> like, I, I feel so bad for them. It's like, they're like, like, they don't have any respect for their, like, master. It's like, dude, what do you bring to this relationship? Like, I could live like this without you, so... <laughs> Like, you're my master. Literally, just now, we took a synchronized dump in the alleyway. Why do I have to wear a leash? I don't know. I, I do love it here. I love the elevation. For an Asian man, that's very important, all right? That's why I love Flagstaff. Zero tsunamis here. So, uh, I do. Flagstaff. Endless dry land and white people, God would never intentionally drown. So thank you. Thank you, Flagstaff. You're like an albino Wakanda protecting me from the tsunami. Oh, I do love it. Oh, I do, as I say, I'm very upbeat about being here in Flagstaff, but um, I'm battling a little bit of depression. Um, I just found out a few days ago they rescinded my audition offer for Saturday Night Live. Um, <laughs> apparently I was saying some very disparaging things about myself <laughs> online. Um, in my defense, all right, in my defense, in the process, I have to scream dirty chink or I cannot ejaculate. So, um, Yeah, yeah. Dirty Chink is the triple cherries that make Stan Chen slot machine pay off. So, <laughs> oh, all this week I've been just trying to scrub my social media. Now I've like removed Facebook, Instagram. Oh, there's a TikTok of me floating around, sick hiling a birthday cake. Oh, that's not good. Uh, all my one-star Yelp reviews of ethnic restaurants. Um, that's on me, that's bad on me, okay? Uh, in retrospect, yeah, I used the N-word way too many times to describe that Filiberto's carne asada plate. So that's, that's on me. All right, I'm done, thanks, Gene. Thank you, guys. I'm looking forward to your comments. Okay, I will go first. Um, I want every comic in the room to hear this. When you do a joke that feels, that might be a little low-hanging fruit, like when you used the C word about yourself, right? When you, you oh. dirty C word. The reason, when you then follow it up with something so fucking smart and clever and unexpected as... That is the three cherries that makes my slot machine pay up. It makes what could have been a cheap, dirty joke into such a celebration of intellect and cleverness. And I love when a, that is great fucking joke writing right there. That is the goal. I love that so much. Um, and yeah, I'm wondering if like with the dog, I love when the dog says, what do I need you for? <laughs> right. Like, 
like if you weren't here, I could stretch out and have this whole underpass to myself. <laughs> or like, give yeah. me two more li- things the dog would say. Like why yeah. his, how his life would be better. Because that is such, that's such a original spin on a fucking premise we've all heard some other comic talk about, but you're the only guy doing that? So like, what would the sign be? Like, what if the dog could write the sign and make him hold it? Like, I don't know. Like, just keep yeah. going. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah, thank um, you. And, and again, again, this is such a great example of a, like a slow burn. Like you start with the homeless people here are so hot. And that's funny enough. That was a funny opening local topical thing. But the idea that that was all just to get you to I'm heterosexual at sea level, which again is so fucking smart. So just a really great set, the structure of it, everything was in the right order. Great, great, great. Oh, thank you, Tony. Hi, Stan. You know, you know I love you, and you're very funny. So I have very little to say other than I love that you, I, honestly, and I mean this, I love that you will take any three minutes of stage time you can get. Yeah. Like you did in the <laughs> Such I mean a whore. I, I mean, you didn't, you, you're up here, and you're not wasting your time. You're not jerking around. There was three minutes on an open mic last night. You're like, I want it. And then you did jokes at, last night, and then you rewrote them and then did them different today and better. Thank so you. if anything, yeah. it's just that your commitment to this craft. And, and like, Tony, I, I was nervous when you said homeless people because I thought, are you punching down? And you didn't because you told it from the dog's perspective, which then meant you weren't punching down because you're now coming at it from the dog's angle, which isn't, you know, we don't want to just shit on homeless people. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, the sea level joke is great, obviously. And then, and then again, like he said, I was like, is he really going to go? And then the payoff was worth it. Totally. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, so thanks. And can I just say, again, with the three minutes, that, again, you can do, I was just in Flagstaff last month, and the homeless people there were yeah. so, like, you can, you, that's not just something you're going to th- burn just this weekend and never do again. That's a great way to get into, so what I learned was I'm, ho- I'm hetero at CeeLo. Like, the, th- the great thing about going up and doing three minutes anytime you can, and you do your little local whatever, is, oh, yeah, I can, mod- I can use that all the time. Okay. Um, it was amazing. It was great. Um, I just had like three little tags or oh, four. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not counting. Um, well, you said it looked like it was a shoot for Patagonia. You could have switched that up or play around and do like, it looks like a shoot for Patahobo. You know, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that dog and like, what do I need you for? I don't know how you can do it. But in my mind, there's like some type of strong black woman reference. Like a, I can, I can bark all by myself or right. like. Like get weight in the exhale or something like like something something's in there but I don't know how he could do it. It would it would I don't know because I just seen the dog just getting his independence and like so like the idea like but like I'm I'm mad that Oprah doesn't no, have no, her show. No 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 don't do that. I'm mad that but Oprah like, doesn't have her show because that dog would be the perfect Oprah guest. Like I want to hear that dog's story. What book would that dog write? What was the dog struggle? Yeah, I do think yeah, that's, like there's something in there about like being an independent. Like a play on independent womanhood uh-huh. in there. Like I don't. Okay, I'm not your don't. bitch. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't. He can't. Oh God! Inside, it's just there. All right. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> you could do it if it's just, if it's a Sharpay mix. Yeah, like you maybe not the black, like know, just something about like a, a single mom or like a. Yeah. 
It's it's a chow. It's a chow. Chow. Yeah, you can make right. it a chow. It's a black chow. You you could you could get into that. There's something about somewhere. that dog setting out on its own. Like even maybe like Rhoda or something. Like there's some type of reference about <laughs> being a feisty independent woman. <laughs> and that, okay, forget about it. The uh, Wakanda, the albino Wakanda. Yeah. Tighten that up. Say Wakanda for white people because it's it doesn't okay. it doesn't pop. I like enough, that. Yeah. But it was great. And when you said um, you use the N-word too much in your thing, people are waiting for more from that. You can't do more from that. I, I would suggest, like, find another word. Like, um, like play on something like, oh, I said the B-word too much. Like, I went bland with a hard B. Like, you know, like, play on the N- Like, do something. Like, find a word. Yeah. I couldn't come up with a food N-word. But, like, find a, like, nasty with a hard Y. Like, play on that. Okay. Don't leave that hanging. Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree. Don't leave it hanging because your your writing is so strong. Your punches are so quick and they're so unexpected. And I love the way you dominate that stage. Yeah. Like it didn't matter that it was three minutes. It was your half hour. It was your closing set. Oh, so thanks. thank you for that. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't have a lot of criticism. That was dope. You're you're a dope writer. Um, um, I would love to see you apply your brilliance to 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 more universal, relatable, like the homeless stuff. When you was do, like that was fucking like was fucking genius. You know what I'm saying? So I, I other than that, other than maybe, I wanna I wanna see if you can pick soft topics and make it genius like that. Okay. Because that's the shit that's gonna get you on TV. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, no, you're dope, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Keep it going for Stan, everybody. Stan Chen. It is the end of our show. We do want to thank our judges, and we want to say this has been hard because you are vulnerable, but you guys did that together. Give it a big hand, a round of applause for Lisa Landry, everybody. Lisa, Tony Tripley, Mike Paramore, Christopher Royer, and Geneva Hugh Roy. Joy. I'm messing everything up. I'm just messed up. And then Ernesto Ortiz here. Remember, we're doing it again tomorrow here. Uh, it's going to be clean comedy that we're, that we're focusing on. So. And clean comics, yeah. At three. At three, yes. So thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>